I want to ask Victoria and Gabby if y'all would make your way to the platform. Alex, why don't you come on to Madison, come on up to the platform, and Naomi. I would like for y'all to hear a little bit about what happened at camp this past week. As they're coming, I just want to say how full my heart is as a pastor and When you have a church that's focused on continually being transformed by the Spirit of God, and then you see these kids go off and come home, and they're changed, they're transformed, Um, it just fills my heart. Well, I want you to hear from them. Gabby, Victoria, why don't you guys go first and share? Okay. I don't know how loud this thing is. Okay. Okay, so we have our testimonies on our phones. (laughs) Yeah. We will be off track, you know, so we had to write down. Okay. Good morning, church family. I'm Victoria. And I'm Gabby. And we're the Vario sisters. Yay. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to go first, and then she's going to share her testimony. Okay. Um, this morning, I would like to share with you our testimony and share with you how this past week changed my sister and I and our relationship with the Lord. I used to not like going to church or youth group. I was going through a time when my anxiety was at an all-time high, and I did go through depression as well. And unfortunately, that caused me to not like going to church. As time went on, my mom was forcing me to go, even though I had no interest. I kept going. With the glory of God, I kept feeling a lot better. My sister and I got sponsored to go to the grocery retreat, which is a couple months ago. Right after we went to that incredible experience, my mom told me that she said she could see a positive change in me spiritually. After the girls' retreat, I enjoyed church service and youth group a little bit more every week. When I thought I was going to get better and everything's going to be okay, right before school got out, I hit an all-time low. I was nonstop crying every single day, and I seriously thought nothing and nothing could make me feel better. But I thought about that and kept going to youth group because I found out that my true happiness comes from the Lord. During camp, I felt like I, was, I had to give myself to the Lord and get saved, so I did. I got saved and got baptized along with my sister that Friday morning. I know the Lord is calling me to do this in order to grow my, my relationship with him, and that's what I did. Now, I love going to church service and youth group, and now I'm the one who tells my mom, hey, mom, let's go to youth, hey, let's go to church service. I'm so excited to see what the Lord has in store for my sister and I, and I'm so, so, so blessed for everyone who has pos- positively impacted my life in order to help me grow in the Lord. Thank you, church family. We love you all. All right, so I'm Gabby, the younger of the half of the Barrios sisters. Um, typically, when I go to youth group or some celebration or event, and even when I get home from school, my parents ask me, ask me a certain question when I get home. How was it? And I would always answer good. I would almost always pray before I eat, and I would just roll throughout the day. On Sundays, I would go to church in the morning and in the car on the way home say, that was a good sermon, every Sunday like clockwork. And hours later, I would just... I'd praise God at youth group, and when I would get home, I would forget all that I was taught and live normally. I was living a lie. I thought I had a relationship with Jesus, but in reality, I just felt almost dead spiritually. I was tired of it. When I got to Freedom Camp, when I heard about Freedom Camp, I was like, yeah, I'll go. But what's sad is that I almost didn't want to go since we missed youth nationals and weightlifting to come. But when the day came that we left, I was excited. And during those four and a half days I was there, I fell on top of my suitcase, dropped the cinnamon bun on the ground, was a part of an awesome team, (laughs) orange team, (laughs) made new friends, talked with amazing youth group leaders, 
amazing people. And the biggest and most important thing that happened was that Jesus broke my heart. He broke my heart, allowing me to give all my problems and all my burdens to him. I finally broke down the walls, guarding my heart, and surrendered. And the best part is, I had my sister and cousin with me. And now that we're accountable for each other's relationship with Christ, we got baptized the Friday morning before we left. Okay, Madison, why don't you come and share, sweetheart? Madison Rios. Um, before I start, I wanted to say that I lost my voice, so like I sound really weird right now. But um, good morning, church family. My name is oh. <laughs> my name is Madison Rios, and I'm going to share my experience from the past week at camp. This week at Freedom Camp, I changed, not only as a person, but I changed into a better and stronger believer of my Lord and Savior. Before camp, I never liked going to church or youth group. It was more of a have-to-do thing and than more of a actually wanting to do it. I had very little faith, and I was in some pretty dark times. More than a year ago, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, and I was in the hospital for two straight weeks. I had very little faith during that time, and I thought that having this disease would be it, and it would ruin my life. I had people that I didn't even know come into my hospital room and pray over me, and I was confused. I was wondering, what did I do to deserve your prayer? I learned this week that God has taught us to do these things because we're Christians, and we should be forgiving and loving no matter what, because God is forgiving and loving no matter what. Later that year, I gave up my life to Christ. A while after that, I didn't make a big deal out of it. I didn't let people know that I gave up my life to Christ. This past week changed me a lot. I felt like I was getting closer and closer to God every day. One night, Pastor Dave Cross said something that really switched my mind and way of thinking about things. He said, no matter how dark your life is right now, God has a plan. It doesn't matter how hard your life is right now because God. Right then and there, I sat back and really had to process that. I went up to my cousin, Victoria, and we just hugged, and I cried, because that day, Jesus broke my heart. Sorry, I lost my place. All right. Because of this, I really wanted to show my faith to the world. I wanted everyone to know that I accept Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, and that I gave up my life to him. On Thursday night, I went up to Arthur and told him I wanted to get baptized the next morning, and that's exactly what happened. On Friday, June 8th, I was baptized and reborn again. I wanted, wanting to get baptized was probably the best decision I've ever made. I felt, that, I felt that at that very moment, I was being drawn closer to God. On Thursday night, 220 Ministries and the other churches made a poster explaining their 100-day challenge. I've been sticking to that list so far, and I hope to stick with it even after the 100 days are over. I've invited two of my friends to youth group already, and I can't tell you how excited I am for them. I really want them to experience the same things they ha that have happened to me. I've also nonstop been talking about camp to my parents, and they definitely see a big change in me. In conclusion, camp has been the best thing that has ever happened to me. I can't wait to see what God has in store for me because this is only the beginning. I love you, church family. Thank you. This is Naomi, Hi. and uh, 
the young lady, the little girl that, that um, opened our service in prayer, Ariana, is Naomi's little sister. Ariana came to know Jesus as Savior last week. And Naomi has been walking with the Lord. And um, so I'm interested to hear what God did in your heart, Naomi. Okay, so hi guys, my name is Naomi. And um, God did so much in my life last week. Like, Freedom Camp was so amazing. It was so much fun. And um, I learned so many things. And he taught me a lot and revealed so many things to me, not just while I was at camp, but like afterwards now, like, he's revealed so many things about, like, me that I didn't know, and um, I've learned so many things, and one really important thing that I learned was to trust in God always. Like, I knew it before, but I wasn't, like, I haven't actually, like, experienced it, you know, but, like, one thing I really learned was to trust in God and to just have confidence in him always and to just trust him at all times because we think that we know ourselves better than anybody else, but we're human, and we don't really know what's best for ourselves, and only God does, so that's one really important thing that I learned, and um, I'm so excited. He did so much in my life, and I didn't used to want to go to church before because, like they were saying, for me, it was kind of like a have-to-do thing instead of a want-to-do, and I'm so excited, and now after Freedom Camp, I'm going to start going to youth group, so I'm really excited. Really happy about that. And from now on, um, sorry. Yeah, I'm just really excited for what God has for me. And yeah. This is my buddy Alex. And um, very, very special man, very, very special family. And I was very grateful that I got to spend a few. Uh, just a little bit of time with Alex this past week and get to know his heart a little bit. I'm excited to have him share with you. Um, hi, my name's Alex. I'm sorry about my voice. Um, it's because of Pink Team, really. I just want to make sure that the most unimportant fact about camp is known and properly put, um, properly shared to you guys. And that is that Pink Team won this year. Last all week, we were in last the whole week long. Our fur was in front. We gave it our all on the last day. We pulled out ahead. Now, the second thing, which is most important thing for me is that last week I, I asked the Lord to break down my pride. I asked him to, I did, I, I mean that's pretty simply, it's, it's as simple as I can put it. And today I didn't expect to have to give a uh, testimony. I was not planning on it, <laughs> but Arthur kind of press ganged me into it. And I, I, I now see that it's because I asked the Lord to break down my pride, and he's working. Um, I think the most important thing I learned this week, though, was about leadership. 
as an oldest brother in my family, I know I have not been a good leader at all. And to be honest, it's because I didn't really know how to lead. While my dad has done a really great job of leading us, he's not the oldest brother, so he doesn't know how to lead as an oldest brother. <laughs> and, um, and I, I think it was on during the all guys breakout, which is generally the most awkward one, um, for reasons that no one needs to know. <laughs> um, I, I really learned what it means to be a leader and how to, I, I don't exactly know the words to put this, but like how to show that you're a leader and stuff. Um, and in Ma um, not Matthew, John 13, it is a story about how Jesus washed his disciples' feet, which I'm not going to go into that whole story, but in um, verse 17, it clearly states that by if he has set an example for us and if we follow that example he it will be good for us pretty much it's it's what my bible said at least um <laughs> but the important thing about that that verse I mean that story was not that he washed the feet but what he was doing when he like the way his heart was when he was doing that because washing someone's feet is a job of a servant at that point people back that was like the lowest um back then people didn't wear shoes and their feet were just wrong i mean it, you think your son has bad feet they don't it compared to these people and when jesus got down and washed his disciples' feet, it was, it was really, they weren't the nicest feet to wash. Um, and that is the whole point of that story, is that he was doing something to make him uncomfortable to prove to them how much he loved them. And I think as a leader and as a man, that is what we need to be doing, and that is what I need to be doing, is putting myself in the most uncomfortable positions, as long as they're moral, um, but <laughs> putting myself in the most uncomfortable putting myself in the most uncomfortable positions to show my love for my family and for God really and that's pretty much all I have to say <laughs> You guys can go ahead and have a seat. Uh-oh. <laughs> Hi, I'm Gabriella. Um, I was sitting here, not planning this, but I had this feeling in me that I have to share my story. Um, your beautiful story. Beautiful story. <laughs> um, I don't want to cry. So I accepted Christ a long time ago. I was a Christian girl, you know, the perfect, sweet, innocent girl. And then um, this year was a really hard year for me. I was in a, well, two years. I was in a toxic relationship. I got really, really sad. And this year, I got depression. I had suicidal thoughts. I was so sad. And this camp changed my life. 
because I was guilty. Like, why would someone do that? Like, why would you have those thoughts? That's not right, especially when you know the Lord is with you. And then the topic, freedom, was the most perfect topic to talk about because (laughs) I finally experienced freedom. I finally understood what it mean because I didn't know what it meant. Like, we're free, but we're really not. We can't do whatever we want, you know? Like, hello. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it really means that you, God forgave us. God forgives us if you let him know, and then he, let, he forgets it. And he has that beautiful gift to forget our sins. And um, as humans, sadly, we don't give to forget our sins. But... Um, he forgave us, and we're making ourselves suffer. We keep remembering it. We keep reminding ourselves of it, and we keep going through the same cycle. We for, And we say, oh, I forgive myself. We really don't. You have to let it go. Forgive yourself because God forgot it already. Move on because he, he has way more for us, way more for us. And we have plans for ourselves. Yeah, we think our plans are beautiful. Da, da, da. God has ten times, you know, our, his plans are ten times bigger than that. He will take you further in life. And I just learned that this week. And camp was just so refreshing, so amazing, so beautiful. And I made great, amazing friends. And um, they motivate me to be closer to the Lord. Because our Lord is so great. He is so big. And we forget that sometimes. We forget how big he is. Like Greg was telling me, he, God holds the earth in, our hand, in his hands. That's how big he is, and I lost my fire for him, and now ugh, I want to be, I wanna, I'm in love with Christ. I love him so much, and I'm so happy that I got baptized because I am so happy. <laughs> Go ahead. Wow. Thank you guys so much for sharing. I, um, I witnessed Arthur at camp a little bit last week. I watched him on the video here, and it occurred to me, um, he's, he's not grown up yet. <laughs> and Arthur, I don't want you to grow up. I think... Um, I thank you for your leadership, and I thank you. I know Arthur, and uh, his love for these young people is absolutely genuine. And um, you know how I know that? Because I see him sacrificing for them. And um, he's put together an incredible team of volunteers, adults, that feel the exact same way that he does. They love these young people. They invest in them. They sacrificially serve them. And um, I wouldn't trade them for anybody in the world. I know Arthur feels the exact same way. If you work with our teenagers, uh, would you stand so that we can appreciate you? All, all the adults that work with our teenagers. John Malloy standing in the back, and um, he's always standing, So, but I wanted you to know that um, 
that he's one, he's one of those as well. Look, I'm going to change things up a little bit from what I had decided, what I had planned to do this morning. I wanted to share with y'all a little bit from Second Chronicles 18, but I don't think I'm going to do that. I wanted to share with you a little bit from Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs is the book on wisdom, and I wanted to share with you a little bit about that. But let, let me do this instead. Just first, a personal word to our teenagers, all, all, all of our youth who are involved in ministry here at Avalon Church, I want you to know how much you're loved. And I want you to know that while you may see me from a distance, I know you. I know you. And I know when you're not here. <laughs> and I wonder what's going on, you know. And I pray for you. And I want you to know this, young people, listen, you are an integral part of the mission of this church. As a matter of fact, I believe God gives you opportunities that he doesn't give many of us adults. Where he has placed you, what you're experiencing every day, we need you if we are going to fulfill the mission that God has given us as a church. I want you to know this too. What you experienced last week, that's very, very real. God is real. You heard God's voice. Whether he... He gave you direction in how he wants to change your life. Whether he called you to himself. And so many of you made decisions last week. You made a commitment to him. I want you to know that's very, very real. That has nothing to do with manipulation. Now the reason that we go to camp is so that we can get a whole bunch of youth together. And we can pray that our enemy doesn't invade that space. And we give you an opportunity to hear God's voice. And you heard God's voice and God draws you, draws you to himself. And you say yes to him. But you already know that this is true because I know you talked about it your last night of camp. At camp it's easy. But out there in the world it's going to get a lot tougher. You need each other. You need to love each other. You need to have each other's back. You need to be there for one another. We're human, right? And so there's going to be some times when you have a problem with your brother or sister in Christ. You go get that right. Jesus said, don't go worship if you've got a problem with your brother or sister. Don't go to the altar. Don't sacrificially give. Don't worship. You go get right with your brother or sister in Christ. You need each other. You guys got together on Thursday night, the last night of camp. And Julio, if you'll put this slide up on the screen, this is what they did. Without leadership, they got together, just the kids, and they put together this, um, this game plan for the next year. 
there's a fire burning in their soul. And they ask themselves the question, how do we keep that fire going? Some of the things they put on here, all of it is just absolutely right. This is a, a commitment that they're making to God, that their faith would be greater than their fear, that they would experience and, and they, that they would uh, show and live out forgiveness, and that they would pray together. They would make Jesus the center of their lives. They would follow God's plans. They would serve one another. That they would meet together more often outside of the regular youth group meetings. That they would share their faith. That they would be on fire for Christ. That they would have confidence in Christ. A lot of them made personal decisions. A lot of them said, God, I... Uh, for the first time in my life, I, I'm trusting you as my Savior. Thank you for taking my sin away. Thank you for making me a new creation. I'm beginning the journey today, and I want to walk with you. A lot of the kids went to the front, and they said, I know that there's this thing in my life that holds me in bondage, and I'm placing it at the foot of the cross, and I'm asking God that you give me freedom over this. A lot of the young people, they said, you know what, I know that God is real, I know that he has saved me, but I haven't been living for him, and I'm recommitting my life, and, and I'm going to start today, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve him, I'm going to love him, I'm going to love other people, I, I, I want to recommit my life to Christ. There's some who said, you know what, I, um, I feel like God wants me to be in ministry. I want to make a commitment to God to be in ministry. A lot of decisions that were made. Praise God for that. I remember when I was a junior, it was the summer before my junior year in high school. I went to youth camp. I was a believer. I had an incredible week and sensed in my heart and in my spirit that that God wanted me to be in full-time ministry. I was just a 15, 16-year-old kid. I struggled with that decision, not because I didn't want to be in ministry. I think I really wanted to be in ministry, but there was this voice inside of me that said, you better be sure. The last thing God needs is somebody in ministry that's not really called to be in ministry. There was this, this voice of, of doubt in my head, and yet the spirit of God's calling on my life, I felt, was so very, very strong. And for the next two years, my junior and senior year in high school, I struggled. I struggled with that decision. And I went to this wonderful, wonderful church that was full of godly men and women. And after every service, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, after every service, our pastor would give an invitation and he would say something like this, if you want to know Jesus as your Savior, come forward and, and tell me that. We want to walk that journey with you. If you want to recommit your life to Christ, come forward and tell me that. We want to walk that journey with you. If you feel like God has called you into ministry, come forward and tell me that because we want to walk that journey with you. And I never did. I never did. As a result of not publicly saying, this is what God's call on my life is, 
as a result of not publicly saying, this is what God wants to do with my life, I went away to the wrong school. I studied the wrong subject. I began to develop relationships with people I wasn't supposed to be developing relationships with. And then it was over a period of time. It wasn't day and night. I, I call it spasmodic. Go look it up. But day after day, a little bit further from my relationship with the Lord. Listen to me, young people. Until I finally reached a point where there was nothing in my life that reflected any relationship with the Lord. I made decisions in my life that resulted in great, great pain for a couple of reasons. I didn't listen to the voice of God and I didn't make the call on my life public so that people could come around me, rally around me, give me counsel, walk the journey with me, give me suggestions on where I might want to go to school, give me suggestions on how I might want to study, help me out on what this path of going into full-time ministry looks like. I believe that we serve a God of fresh starts, and I am so grateful for the way that he has forgiven me and, and revitalized my life and given me a fresh start. But I want to tell you today, there's about a 15-year period of my life that is just full of regrets and pain. And that's why I want you to know, I think it's important. I think it's important that your church family know the decisions that you made. Church family, I, I, I want to say to you, I don't have to tell you about what's going on in our world, do I? These last, this last four or five weeks, it's crazy. It would appear that evil is taking over. And our hope is in Jesus Christ. And he sits on the throne. And our future is in these teenagers. And their hope is in Jesus. But we as a church family, we have to rally around them. We have to encourage them. We have to pray for them. Where's Garrett? Every single day I pray for you. About two years ago, Arthur asked us to pick up a card with a teen's name on it. I picked up Garrett's card. I pray for you. I pray for your mom and dad, John and Angela. Every single day, I pray for you. Sometimes it's a quick whisper, and sometimes I spend some time praying for you. And I love you. And church family, we got to pray for these young people. I think the reality is, is, is we don't know what they're facing every day. But it's not like when you and I were in school. I can tell you that. There's battles going on. Our battle's not against flesh and blood. It's a spiritual battle. When we're in the middle of a spiritual battle, our weapon is prayer. 
calling on God, talking to God, trusting God, allowing God to lead. We got to pray for these young people. They got to know we care about them. They got to know that we love them. They got to know that we're praying for them. They got to know that. And so step outside of your comfort zone. On a Sunday when you see them, just tell them you're praying for them. Tell them how valuable they are to us, to our mission as a church. Hey, guys, you need to be in worship service on Sunday morning. You need to be here. I know you have an incredible youth ministry on Sunday evening. I know you all have incredible worship. I know you have incredible Bible study. But listen, we need you to be here. Our adults need you to be here. So we start at 10 o'clock next Sunday morning. Okay, here's what I'd like to do. Let me figure out how I can do this. I would like to ask every teenager that made a decision for Christ last week, regardless of what it was, profession of faith in Jesus, rededication, freedom from some bondage, commitment to ministry. Maybe it was a commitment to um, love each other, have each other's backs, be there for one another. Maybe it was a commitment to spend time with Jesus every single day, maybe be in the Word, maybe a prayer life. Maybe it was a commitment to share your faith at school. Maybe it was a commitment to be bold. Whatever that decision was, I want you all to get up and I want you to come forward. All of you, right now. And I want you to turn around and I want you to face your church family. Did God work among these young people? Thank you. Please be seated, because I'm going to ask them to really step out of their comfort zone now. (laughs) Not you be seated. (laughs) All right, in two or three words or less, I want you to tell our church family the decision that you made. Okay, I'll give you a second. I'll give you a second. Two or three, three or four words or less. I asked Jesus to be my Savior. I rededicated my life to the Lord. God freed me from the bondage of pride. Whatever it is, I want you to tell your church family the decision that you made. Uh, Praying without ceasing. Amen. Not being prideful. More time with you. He has called me into ministry. Complete surrender. Rededication. Thank you, Tom. Um, For him to be in my life. I'm going to start following what he's calling me to do. To love others. Recommitment. To face my giants. Good. I I refollowed him. 
Having a relationship. Recommitment. Loving others. Rededication. Amen. Going into the word for my problems. Amen. To forgive myself and others. Sharing his light. Getting out of a toxic relationship. Freedom from pain I hold on to. Getting to know him better. And break down my pride. Freedom from unresolved anger. Forgiving myself and others. Recommitment. More time on praying. Recommitment. Faith over fear. I'm free from bondage. Amen. Or forgiveness. Believing in what he can do. Recommitment. Um, I want to be a youth pastor. (laughs) 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 Guidance in difficult (laughs) areas. Guidance in difficult areas. Time in prayer. Living through Christ. To have freedom in his love. Amen. Free from fear. Amen. Recommitment. Recommitment. Having each other's back. Recommitment. To have not, no fear. To lead by faithful example. Recommitment. Learn more. Fix my bro- broken relationship with God. Amen. Recommitment. Read my Bible and pray every day. Recommitment. Forgiveness. Loving is for y'all. I love you, God. Amen. Recommitment. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you, guys. Amen. (laughs) This is our future. Now, I want you to think about this. In 10 years, these guys are going to be professionals. The youngest among them will graduate from college. The oldest among them will have been working in their career for six years. With these, this testimony, with these commitments, listen to me. They can change the world, and they need us. I'm so proud of y'all. I'm going to stay on you, okay? This week, that's easy. Now it gets tough. You need each other and you need us. And we're going to be here for you. I want to invite our congregation to stand and we're going to pray together for these young people. Come here, Greg. Mason? Mason? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> to encourage and also challenge parents. Good. Um, this week was big for our family. Um, we don't, as parents, tell our children enough how proud of them we are and how much we love them. We, uh, we get caught up a lot in guiding and disciplining and pointing out stuff because we're so worried about them. And my prayer this week was that God would make himself real to my oldest son. Um, and I think it was about day three or day four where 
we were in the back and we were in worship. And I looked over and I saw my oldest son just crying his eyeballs out. And I looked over and I thought, I was really convicted that he wasn't crying with me, his dad. I felt, you know, like, why wouldn't he be standing next to me? And the Spirit told me, he said, because he doesn't know that you love him by the way that you speak to him. And so I had to go over to my son, and I had to apologize to my son for being a bad father. That the way that I thought I was loving him, trying to make him a man, was drawing him away from me. And I kept telling him that God loved him, but the way that our children see our love is by the way that we love them. And so I don't think that he thought God's love was real because his daddy. So I had to make a commitment to my son to be a better daddy and to love him and to tell him that he's valuable and that he is a good man even when he makes mistakes. And I believe at that point is when he knew God's love was real and why you see my son up here in front of you this morning in the condition that he's in, it's because he's becoming a man. And it's because he sees his love from his father through his daddy. So I want to just challenge the daddies. Man, tell your children you love them. Tell them how proud of them, how proud you are of them, because that's how they see God's love. They don't see it through Dale and through Arthur. They do, but it becomes real when we do it. So I, I just wanted to share that with you. Amen. Thank you, brother. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. Um, Arthur, I'm going to pray a short prayer. I'm going to lead our congregation in a prayer, and then we're going to sing. So if our team could get ready for that, if you don't mind. And I've got somebody's. Rachel, if you'll grab this for me. Okay. Um, I want you to pray. Hey, listen, all of our youth workers, all of our youth workers, I need y'all to come up here too. And um, if you want to put your hand on uh, one of our teens, let them know that you love them and you're praying for them. Then our congregation, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I'm going to give you a prayer. We're going to say it out loud together, okay? If you want to stretch your hand toward our young people, I would encourage you to do that. There's nothing magical about that, but it's just a, it's just a way of saying we're here for you. We're praying for you. Let's pray together. You repeat these words after me if you would. Dear God, may these young people Take hold of the deep truths of faith so that the enemy won't be able to deceive them. Sanctify them by your truth. When they are exposed to teachings, lifestyles, and activities 
that don't conform with your word. May they stand firm in the truth. May they take captive every thought. May they live in obedience to Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lead us if you would, Nick. You guys stay right here. Matter of fact,